Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of our First Year Experience podcast. Today we are joined with Mr. Aaron Hinojosa from the Center for Diversity and Inclusion and the Dream Resource Center. Um, as always, we are your hosts, Natasha Gonzalez, Jerry Galindo, and Nady Rodriguez. And we are joined today by another of our student success gurus, Mariela Angeles. Um, today we're just going to talk a little bit about the Center for Diversity and Inclusion and Dream Resource Center. It's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the department? Mm-hmm. Well, hi, everyone. First of all, thank you so much for inviting uh, to this space to share something, uh, a few things about the center. Um, I think first it's important to highlight and honor some history. Um, Our center was developed and established um, especially by student activism on campus um, back in 2016. Um, It was called the Minority Affairs Council, um, and they protested on campus to have more visibility, um, especially for undocumented students. Um, So that's a little bit of how the center was developed. But yeah, I'm excited to share a little bit more about what we do. Okay. So um, I always see on V-Link more like events. So like the people series, different trainings you guys have, um, the workshops you guys do. I just wanted to know a little bit about like what's the goal behind these or like the whole goal of the, the center for... So that's going to be a lot. <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, um, just the department title is a mouthful. So you have to like take a breath between the two centers. Um, but the center was developed, like I mentioned, um, especially because of student protesting um, to help raise awareness and education on what it meant to be undocumented or to have DACA. Um, our proximity to the border makes it um, very important. I mean, as of right now, yeah. we can see a fence. Sometimes when I've given workshops, um, we've seen Border Patrol activity. So I think uh, raising awareness on um, such an important student group on campus uh, is one of the first priorities. Uh, The other one is just to remind students about not just the importance of diversity, but to keep in mind inclusive practices. Uh, One thing is having people represented in a table, in an organization, at a school, uh, but the other part is is have it, making sure that they feel welcome, that they feel supported, that they feel valued, and that's the part that we try to do through workshops, through what you see, all the things you see on V Link, on Messenger. If you check Messenger, hopefully you do. Um, but currently, we have um, it's a full staff of one, which is me, um, on both campuses, <laughs> and then we've been doing everything virtual. And I also want to honor and highlight uh, two student staff members, Kayla Thomas and Alonso Ponce. Um, But we've been doing, we've been as a staff, just three of us since, I want to say January, uh, with other student staff in the past who have either graduated or moved on. So, yeah. Um, So where are you guys located on campus? So we have two offices, um, one here in the Brownsville campus. We're in the student union. Uh, across from La Sala, uh, and then in Edinburgh, we're in the University Center on the third floor. If you ask me about room numbers, I don't <laughs> remember them, <laughs> but um, we can look it up online. And, um, yeah, we'll just ask you know. around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad with numbers. <laughs> no, no worries. We can put it like in like the parentheses yeah. or the description. Um, what else? Do you guys have any questions? Uh, yeah, I did want to ask a little bit more about... Um, you know, the actual 
uh, I guess like practice of students coming in and saying like, you know, this has happened to me. Uh, so really like, uh, I know you had mentioned kind of like the goal and the, the reason for the organization coming into play. Uh, do you guys see a lot of activity of like students coming in and having or sharing stories about things that they've endured on campus? Yes, um, we get a range of experiences, um, especially because our reach is very wide. Uh, I think diversity is very general. Um, the first thing that people think about diversity is race and ethnicity, right? Like skin color, uh, which is, yes, uh, one of the components on what makes an individual diverse or part of someone's uh, identity. Um, so in our workshops, we have these conversations and we try to inform individuals on, on just the different components of diversity. But um, more so this past year, because we were virtual, uh, we would, I would get emails on, um, hey, I want to go to UTRGV, but I'm undocumented. Um, I'm thinking of two experiences. Um, one student from California wanted to attend UTRGV uh, who has DACA, um, but we were talking about just checkpoints. Um, a lot of people outside of the Valley do not know that they exist. Uh, so that's one of the realities that I have to communicate. Um, and to ensure, um, to inform people, here's what to expect. Um, so that may be a deal breaker. Another student from Houston um, is actually coming in the fall, um, but he has DACA um, and he was very aware of the checkpoints. Um, other things that have come up is um, students who either don't identify with their, with their uh, legal name and they wanna continue with um, either a name change or just wanna be honored by their chosen name. Um, so uh, letting them know what processes can exist or just how to inform your professor is really important. So those are a few examples of uh, students either reaching out uh, just this last year. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I do always wonder about that because I've met people uh, here in Edinburgh, you know, that have those same uh, ideas or difficulties that they're kind of like trying to maneuver. And so I think what's really important from what you mentioned is that they're incoming students. And, and that's great because that's basically what we do is like uh, aid freshman students, uh, you know, at their transition. Um, so that's really cool. Like, that you inform them about the checkpoints and stuff like that because I hadn't even really thought about that um thank you <laughs> yeah no problem I was um. gonna say well I was like what do you mean some people don't know we have checkpoints <laughs> it's like whenever you go up north it's like you have to pass through it right so, right <laughs> yeah, it's something I guess we just always defaulted or not have known about right and in one of the programs that we offer um leap which is a diversity workshop um, and we, if you want to check it out, it's on B-Link <laughs> and on Messenger. We try to promote um, when they show up. Uh, we have them throughout the year. Um, but we talk about privilege. Um, I never thought about checkpoints like that because it's like, oh, well, I can just go yeah. back and forth. It's, it's not a big deal for me. But as a pr person of privilege based on my um, U.S. citizenship, I don't have to worry about that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, fit, I'm, I'm safe. I can navigate the U.S., travel, get on a plane. Um, but if a person does not have, right, like, documentation. A, a, yeah, their documentation, they're, they're unable to do that. Um, their life looks different. Mm -hmm. They function, they navigate life differently. Uh, but I think those are some important things that we try to communicate and inform and hopefully grow more empathy with people that come through our programs. So this, I have a question, but I feel like it might be a mouthful or hard to answer, but 
um, just I'd appreciate if you could just shed a little bit of light on how um, like the Center for Diversity and Inclusion and the Dream Resource Center, how did they like start? Were they before UTRGV was founded? Um, did the university see a need that wasn't being fulfilled for students that didn't feel necessarily comfortable? Um, but yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's always like, I understand like, hmm, what's the question? It's a mouthful. I'm running out of breath as I'm like in a mask and like trying to like <laughs> speak and say all these things. Um, well, as I mentioned, um, the center was officially, um, open. What was it? January, 2019. Um, uh, before that there was, um, and there has always been departments and other organizations doing really good work. Um, but within like student union, campus rec, you all, right, like doing other things without having the title of diversity and inclusion, right, or, or Dream Resource Center. Um, so that work was already been done, but um, especially with the student activism on campus, um, that protest kind of sparked uh, interest and need to develop something officially. Um, we're hoping to expand soon. Um, I think even having Ally Safe Zone training under our office, which is support and inclusion for LGBTQIA plus students, is very important. Um, so more work is needed, more people to help is needed, right? Mm -hmm. So like we're hoping to expand sometime soon. Um, so if any donors are on listening on the podcast, um, <laughs> send us some cash. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but um, but yeah, so there was other work being done, Jerry. Um, but um, officially, uh, some of the projects came our way um, because by default, so. I attended the, well, I attended that, the DACA um, protest, actually. And then I also, um, I went to an ally training. So I feel like, um, specifically the ally training, I felt like was like really eye-opening. And I wish like, I wish it was like an orientation like thing. Like I wish every student had to go through that just because like I found great value in attending. Even I, as someone who I thought was very like, yeah, I know everything about like the LGBT. I feel like I learned a lot from that training and I feel like others would definitely like gain a lot of insight and like respect to their fellow like <laughs> students. Cause I guess like, I don't know, it's just, it's a place that I feel like gets great. It's like a gray area for a lot of different people. Cause like, you know, we live in the Valley and like, I don't know, we're just very conventional here and I don't know, Texas is a red state, but um, no, I'm like very, I feel like um, the things that the, that the center of diversity and inclusion has kind of made and like fostered and like they kind of made it like a very nice relationship um, between UTRGV and like the LGBT. I think it's been very beneficial and I definitely, um, I hope that you all expand and like create more experiences and get more like, I guess, um, resources for future, like, in, um, like for future trainings and stuff. Cause like, I feel like it'd be really good. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, one for the compliment, right. <laughs> but I'm also glad that you've attended, uh, some of these programs because, um, we do offer a range of things. Uh, but we also try to make sure to have in these spaces, like students, faculty, and staff, um, that way, um, hopefully communicating, uh, and having a safe space where everyone's learning, right. I think you're never too old to learn. Um, and even if you're in the community as part of the community, um, there's different intersecting identities within each community. Um, like being undocumented, you could be trans or you could be having a family, right? So like there's different identities 
um, even as myself as an openly gay person, I've had to kind of like learn about just internalized queer phobia, which is from my culture, uh, learning, not knowing machismo is like embedded in my blood and my culture, having to break away from that. Um, because even in my own gay circles, um, there's like a, a devaluing of femininity. So even that, having to unlearn all that um, and then trying to educate, I think is the other piece. Um, but I'm glad that you've attended some of these things and uh, other people should. So, <laughs> My question is, what has that been like trying to develop the programming, knowing that like most of us are Hispanic, most of us grew up with this kind of like rhetoric and, you know, mm -hmm. the just like what we've been taught. Like, developing the programming to try and counteract that way of mindset in the past? <laughs> that is a great <laughs> question. <laughs> Because I think um, we have to be more, like, intentional and strategic in how we plan things. Because it's different, right? Mm -hmm. Like, our culture in the Valley is different. Our population is different. Geographically, we're different. Um, so there's, there's some elements of, of, like, trying to educate that don't change. Uh, but I think the approach is different. Um, I'm originally from the Valley. I left um, for several years and then came back. Um, and even one example that I usually give is um, this word microaggressions. When I first heard about it, I was like, what is this big word? I don't need big words in my life. <laughs> um, but I think understanding what it is through examples and lived experiences, I've come to like, oh, I know what that is. I've mm -hmm. said this. I've done that. I've heard this. I've mm -hmm. seen people do. So I think breaking it down and repackaging it has been a way that I've seen it work. Um, not just for students, because I've been really surprised to like some faculty and staff um, who are just starting to learn or who were not aware. Um, but giving people grace um, and just allowing them to start where they are, I think has been another way to like try to help educate. And then like, plan programming, yeah. <laughs> right? Like do workshops yeah. that include that. Um, yeah. It sounds hard, but... <laughs> it, yeah. it has. It's been, it's been challenging, but I think it's been very rewarding. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned, I think our collaborations have been across the university uh, on both campuses. And then we, right before COVID-19, we started doing it in Harlingen because people were re requesting it. Mm. And then we had to like change plans because it was all virtual. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of staying on our toes and like figuring things out. Um, but that's been challenging, but also uh, reassuring because like y'all are sharing, um, there's benefit to it and there's a need. Um, so it's, it's been great. I cannot complain. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because you guys are just like a little group, you know, and like you're making like whether you think about it or not, um, you guys are making a big impact. And like, I'm pretty sure you've helped many people. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you. That's yeah. I mean, to think you're only three, we're like yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's like feels like we're struggling. So it's like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Many condolences. Thank condolences. You. No. Con All the words. Right. Oh, <laughs> I forgot how to speak. <laughs> No, thank so you. Weird. Big thanks. Big thanks. Big thanks. <laughs> big thanks. Um, do you guys have any questions? So, yeah. Um, so say like, 
do you, do you, does the center receive any like inquiries from students that are like, hey, I'm thinking of going to UTRGV, but I'm unsure if it's specifically a safe place for like me as an LGBTQ like person. Um, does that like ever happen? Or is, do you all see like a big influx of students that are like curious about like how UTRGV is like handling LGBTQ plus people? I, as you were asking, I was like looking through my like <laughs> filing cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> I was sorting through all the files. Um, I don't remember specifically getting a question about a prospective student um, wanting to come to UTRGV. I'm hoping that if they're not, that they're seeing activity on our website, right? Like on our social media, um, on that there's people, right? And I think that's one of the first steps in, in, in building that environment is, is if people see themselves at the university. And if there's openly out, proud, supported LGBTQIA plus members, then I, I think that's one of the ways. So I, have, I haven't specifically received an email saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trans, I'm trying to go there. Is there space for me there? Um, I haven't, right? Like, I'm not sure if orientation has or, or student activities or another department. Um, but I hope also that they feel safe enough to, to approach us. I have received a lot of communication from current students, right? Um, but I haven't from perspective. I guess that's a that's kind of like a good thing. I feel like UTRGV is kind of, at least from my perspective, the culture on UTRGV has always been that it's been like an accepting, open, diverse, and kind of like liberal university. Just from my opinion, like from my scope, like that's what I see TRGVS. When I see other schools, other institutions around Texas, I think the complete opposite. I'm like, oh my God, that's the school that you want to go to if you're like diehard Christian and like MAGA. And I don't know, I, though that's just my perspective though. I definitely think um, UTRGV has done like so much even back in the utpa days i feel like it was always just a, a university that was for the like underprivileged and for the like um for just the people that felt like they want didn't want to leave home but they wanted to like stay in the valley embrace their culture and like still be part of like a liberal and like openly open-minded um like institution but that's just been my opinion on it so i feel like um the whole DACA thing and like the whole Dream Resource Center, that's just another another staple of like how the university has these resources for students that aren't documented, don't feel comfortable um, going to other institutions that don't have those resources available. Um, I remember when I used to work at the Student Union, um, I knew a lot of students that were undocumented and were would utilize the DACA, like the Dream Resource Center at UTRGV. And um, I was always like, oh, like, you should go to another, like, institution, like, another school, like, um, if you if you want to so bad. And they're like, well, I can't because those schools don't have those resources. They simply don't. You have to know, like, a specific person under the table that'll be able to give you advice. And, like, there's no actual resource available. Um, so I think it's great that um, I'm really happy with, like, both uh, all the work that you all are doing um, with the Dream Resource Center specifically. I think um, that's just an area that is just like not a thing for other schools. And like, we're one of the only schools that like has like those open resources for those students. Thank you again. Um, 
What about you all? What's the word on the street? What are y'all hearing? <laughs> If I may ask. <laughs> about like just the, um, outreach is the word getting out that like it's a safe space or that we're doing stuff as a university. Is that the general consensus similar to what Jerry was saying? Um, well, I really like to advertise our university as being like really uh, like they really prioritize students, I think. Um, and I think like even the fact that you're asking us about our opinion and whether we've heard, you know, like the, the consensus with the public, you know, I think that that's something like our our advisors do that with us and they're like hey have you guys heard <laughs> like like what's the word on the street you know and um i just i feel like there's not a lot of places that do that or that have that that bridge that gap with um you know the university and being a student there because i think a lot of people attend university and they're not really a part of it they're just like you know getting their degree but i feel like our university really like singles out each student and is like um you know you're a vaquero and and you know um I don't know I I feel like it's a really beautiful campus and not not physically but the way that everybody awesome. just comes together and and you see it in in um you know games or anything like that where there's like a bunch of students it's like it's a community and and with that it's attached to our actual community because I think that Um, yes, there's like a lot of diversity, but at the same time, a lot of the students that are attending our university have grown up here. And so it's kind of something where you don't face that same discrimination or, or, you know, maybe you do, but I think the university tries to minimize that as well as the student population tries to make other people feel accepted versus feeling, uh, un like they don't belong here. Uh, so I think that's what I've gathered from our university, especially my experience here where things about myself that I was a little bit scared to identify um, prior to attending college, I feel like I've really opened up and, you know, gotten to know myself better um, and been been like, hey, that that's something that people are doing. Like, I kind of feel that way or, or I, you know, identify as this or that, you know, so I feel like, um, I really like the university. I don't know if you can tell me. <laughs> I'm such a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's because of that. And um, I've had the privilege of speaking with uh, other people like in financial aid and, you know, gotten to know a little bit more about like grants that we offer and stuff like that. And I just think there's not a lot of other places that I think would um, – make the experience for students so enjoyable or at least try to uh so that's what i've taken and i know other people in my inner circle because i like to talk about the university so much they're always like yes like i feel the same way about coming here because i i know uh with my transition into university a lot of people would kind of make it seem like it was a bad thing to come to uh utrgv because i am from edinburgh so they're like oh you're gonna stay in the valley and it's like what I love the Valley. I love that. Like I know people here and I welcome anybody to come here because like being a native from here and liking it so much and, you know, hopefully making it um, like a, a city and a school that opens its arms to other people. I think that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think. I don't know about.
Yeah, I think, like, you just reminded me of something. Because, like, it is... Well, when I graduated, I graduated in 2019, and it was kind of stigmatized, like, where it's like, oh, you're staying here? Okay. And mm. it's like, it's even worse for, like, the community college. It's like, oh, you're only going to TSU? Yeah. Mm. And it's just like, okay, why are you judging? <laughs> like, we're, right. we're pursuing the education. Um, But, like, once you're here, it's just like, you realize how great of a school it is. Mm. And so it's like working here going to school here it's like the best and i'm just like why did people look down on this you're like up north like away from your family away from the mole away from the cabinet <laughs> the tacos are <laughs> away from the tacos and like you're probably being all upset like in your little dorm by yourself and i'm here with my family i'm here with my friends mm-hmm. so i don't think it should be as stigmatized as it is mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe they feel like they won't get the college experience, you know, here. But honestly, I think, like, it has been a college yeah. experience, you know. And especially, like, being able to work here, I feel like that has, like, opened me to, like, many more things. Mm-hmm. Because I know, um, like, my freshman year, I wasn't working. So I would literally just come to school and, like, leave. Or, like, come to school, maybe go to the rec, and then leave. So I feel like working here is definitely, like open many doors um and I do feel like our campus is pretty open like to anyone Mm -hmm. um it's just that little like those little comments you know Mm -hmm. that people would make um because again I feel like they wouldn't they feel like they wouldn't get the whole experience but I feel like here it's been the college experience and like I've been close to home so Mm -hmm. I've been able to like not miss out on little things um with my family um but yeah I think it's Mm -hmm. just been a really good experience. Good. That's reassuring to know what four of you have very positive experiences. It's unfortunate, though, um, individuals who leave and look down upon, right, those mm-hmm. who don't, uh, for whatever reason, right, we never know why people end up staying or leaving or whatever. But I think it's important to investigate um, why that is. Why is there mm-hmm. less of a value that's placed? Um, I think it's uh, that we internalize messages that we see in the news mm-hmm. from other people that the valley this the valley that yeah. um so then we believe that right mm-hmm. um that's one of the topics that we try to cover a little bit in in our leap workshop is when we internalize negative messages so then we start believing them mm-hmm. so then we start repeating them to other people yeah. <laughs> and then it's like wait a minute this is amazing what are you talking about yeah. right so um i think it's important to investigate where that's coming from from people because mm-hmm. uh, then that's something we have to work on I feel like that's also um, a part of like, oh, I can't do anything in the valley. Like outside is where like everything is like all the opportunities Mm. and like, like whether it's job opportunities or like, you know, maybe that certain university has like more opportunities. Um, But I feel like we do like we Mm -hmm. and again, like they wouldn't know because they've never been here, you know, like because they left. Um, But I think like we have the opportunities and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that, like you said, we internalize stuff like, oh, the valley's bad or the mm-hmm. valley's this, the valley's that. And that's what stays in their head. And they're like, I need to get out, right. you know, or so, a denial or yeah. rejection of the culture. Mm-hmm. So now we need to assimilate to not yeah. valley or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, this can be a whole nother conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it can be another podcast. Join us next week for the conversation. <laughs> Oh, okay, uh, like uh no joke but if you'd be willing to 
to come back. That I feel like there's so much more to unpack. Um, not not that this is like a training, <laughs> thing, but I just feel like key terms, like everything, are, are they're just so important. Uh, and and with the whole like look down on the valley, I think like growing up, we didn't see as much representation, or we saw like. Uh, well, like for me personally, I don't know if other people felt this way. Um, my my dad doesn't speak English, so we would watch like dubbed uh, Spanish um, like movies and everything was like in Spanish. So it's like you either saw a channel that was only in Spanish or you would see channels that were like only English that didn't really represent your community. And so I think when people are uh, going to university, they're not seeking those opportunities that understand that we're a really special area that, you know, has both and that it's so embedded in, in who we are and the way that we were raised and our culture. Um, and I feel like the Valley is offering those opportunities to people that are like bilingual and, and not just like English and Spanish, but anybody that wants to come from anywhere else, like we have space for you and we love you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and just going back to that, just going back to that topic <laughs> one more time. Um, no, I just wanted to say, like, clearly, like, I'm, I'm from here, so I wouldn't know about, like, how other people feel, like, maybe if they're from San Antonio or something, right? Um, but, you know, maybe it's just a thing about, like, if someone's from San Antonio and they're like, oh, you're going to go to this university? Like, mm -hmm. you get me? Like, oh, what if right. it's like that everywhere? Yeah. Like, if they're in, like, another state, they're like, oh, you're going to go to this state's, like, why don't you leave? Or, you yeah. know, That's maybe it's a, like something yeah. that just those people in that certain area feel. So they're like, okay, well, I'm going to get out of here because I don't want to be here. Or, you know, and then maybe those people that live that left look down on them and they're like, well, you're staying here. But they're like somewhere else, you know, mm -hmm. just a thought. <laughs> what I was going to add to that is um, I think well, I can remember who said it, but about like represent representation, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is one of the components, not to like shameless plug again, <laughs> but um, we talk about representation, how important that is. Um, but there was an activity that a simple activity that we did um, many years ago as I think it was in grad school, but to kind of think about our community, right? Think about their valley and then um, identify how people see it, how people perceive it. And all I landed on was like people see in the news and they immediately think the valley. So they think the border. Mm -hmm. And they think that something's wrong and they think uh, like immigrants are like what are like all this negative association with the valley. And then I think it's a very similar narrative that is painted not only in like news, but also like in movies, mm -hmm. like a border town. Right. Mm -hmm. Like violence and things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's so much more to that. Right. Yeah. So like I think it's like how can we interrupt those main narratives that are not 100 percent accurate? Um, and I think that's very important to then how can we change that? right? Like through our students, even just like working on our campus pride and like Valley pride mm -hmm. is another big thing because if, if people are leaving, not placing the value that we all agree that is, mm -hmm. is needed, right? Um, there's a disconnect there, mm -hmm. right? So um, piecing that together and trying to not fix it because it's a bigger problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then um, interrupting that and then yeah. how to interrupt that, like through a podcast, through a YouTube series, right? Through, like, Instagram posts of, like, look, we have trailblazers in the Valley, too, not just, like, yeah. in Hollywood, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah um, but I think that's very important as well. 
and I feel like I have like a certain I think also sometimes I have like that little um like oh you you came here right so um, because like still okay so I had a friend right that came or that I think might still be here but um I mean if he's listening to this I'm sorry right but okay no so names. he's from yeah no names <laughs> he's from Poland right and he got a scholarship and like he's here and I'm like out of all the places you came here you know um, but you get me like but other people don't see that like what if they're like wow like i'm coming here you know like they're excited that they're yeah. here you know um but yeah i just wanted to add that because that was my little like reaction like mm -hmm. out of all places here you know yeah. and i'm glad that you're sharing that and that you're being vulnerable just because i think it's important like for you to do that work of mm -hmm. like why do i say that and where does yeah. that come from um because i think like balancing like pride shame and fear is like it's a lot, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think doing that self-assessment of like, am I picking this up from other people, mm -hmm. from the news, from my friends, from blah, because, or do I believe that? Mm -hmm. And I think if, if it's not believing that, then it's like, am I just regurgitating yeah. what I'm mm -hmm. hearing? That like inter internalized. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a really like strong believer in like, whatever you see, whatever you hear, whatever you like, mm. you know, experience, like that's going to be like all you think about mm -hmm. all you like that's how your actions are going to come out you get me mm -hmm. so like if you think negatively right negative things are going to come out positive positive are going to come mm -hmm. out um or like you know about the university like okay if people are telling you negative things you're gonna be like yeah no i don't want to be here mm -hmm. you know or like well i think very highly of this person so like if he's telling me like okay then i won't like i'll mm -hmm. be too because mm -hmm. like he's telling me so it must be true you know mm -hmm. yeah. type of thing um but yeah Mm -hmm. uh, one of the similar kind of thoughts, if anything, when I first came out many years ago, <laughs> back in my day, um, so people would ask me, it's like, oh, you're not going to dress up as a girl though, right? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not that gay. So like, I didn't realize how damaging and, and hurtful yeah. that is mm -hmm. because I was already just, I was like a robot, like just regurgitating, yeah. like, yeah. be a man, boys don't cry, don't show emotions, like, mm -hmm. blah, like all of that. Yeah then took form in that mm -hmm. so like i think now like as i'm more aware of it um i continue to ch challenge that because it's many years of like getting that yeah. message mm -hmm. of be a man be tough boys don't show emotions yeah. all of that because then i think it's also um it also is, can resonate to other identities right mm -hmm. like a woman can be masculine and that's okay and that doesn't mean they're lesbian or whatever mm -hmm. it just means that's who they are right mm -hmm. or if they do then great so what yeah so i think challenging all those things that we picked up somewhere along the way mm -hmm. <laughs> we learned these things right yeah. so mm -hmm. so that's also a very important um uh, tool to to continue to challenge mm -hmm. um, and to use right yes i agree <laughs> I'm going to go home and do a lot of introspection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's not too exhausting because it can be exhausting, yeah. especially if you investigate and you're like, I've been doing this my whole life. So it's, it can be very scary. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone into a dark place many times, um, but I think I've learned how to balance that. Like, you know what? Turn it off. Go take a nap. <laughs> go play a video game go to the gym, and then come back to it later, right? Like, it's a lot to undertake. Um, I do hope that the programs that we offer, um, those are some of the spaces to do that work. I think that's important, too. They're like mini therapies. <laughs> a lot of times, um, 
because I also think it's important to like to be in in community with people that not necessarily think like you but are trying to do that work too because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's scary it's scary to like challenge the norm yeah like that's yeah. scary yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's even like in my opinion like um my culture right I feel like we're very like family oriented mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. like I need to please my parents type of thing. So that's like a whole another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, but um, that would be like a whole other like, well, I don't want to disappoint them. And like, you know, I feel like in my opinion, right, my parents are in my head. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, if I do this, like I need to think about my parents. Like how would my parents feel? How would this? Mm-hmm. And in a way, you're not living for yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Like you're kind of like, well, I don't want to disappoint them, you know? Well, um, But they're very... Like, your parents are in mm-hmm. your head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> On that and, note. And they influence you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're having a speaker for um, our second year experience conference who's going to tackle, like, talk to us about exactly that. Good. Like, how do we, um, like, respectfully confront mm-hmm. our parents about, like, not being that, like, influential in Mm -hmm. the decisions we make Mm -hmm. because sometimes you you do like depend on them like Mm -hmm. if they're paying for my school like you feel more restricted yeah in like what you can and can't do Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like navigating that so yeah, we we are yeah we 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 had this conversation mm. and it's like oh my god, <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> so when is it so I can be here? <laughs> Honestly, you'll probably be working, so you will hear yeah, it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that would be another great podcast to mm-hmm. talk about the whole conversation, <laughs> our experiences. Um, does anyone have any more questions? Or no, I could add so much to all of that, but like you said, it's so much. So I, I'll just, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll just wait on that one. But um, no, for sure, I, um, pert- pertaining to everything that's happening right now, um, especially with COVID and students now more than ever are feeling um, out of place, scared, especially first year students that are coming. You know, some students might have had the worrisome of like being in a university just in general. And now with COVID and getting back into the th- how things are going, um, I'm really happy that these resources exist um, and uh, I for sure have gained so much from them and I'm sure our fellow first years um, will gain a lot more and hopefully um, with more backing and resources um, they're able to attend just more events in general um, on campus so uh, I thank you so much Erin for for joining us here uh, I really appreciate it and um, hearing your perspective on everything has been like very eye-opening so thank you again. Thank you. Thank all. Thank you to all of you for inviting us. Uh, first years, welcome. We hope you enjoy it. Um, visit us. Let us know how we can help. Um, if you have any suggestions, we're open to that. Um, but we're glad you're here. Yes, very. <laughs> Sorry to touch it. No, I was just going to say that. Um, I guess we're wrapping up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Bye.